Hi, you've reached Asia. Please leave me a message and I will get back to you as soon as I can. Thank you. At the tone, please record your message. When you have finished recording, you may hang up or press 1 for more options. Well. We didn't get your message either because you were not speaking me? or because of a bad connection. Oh, how connect, dare you. Press 1 to record your message. Press 2. How very dare you. It's, it's about 10 on a Monday night, and I can't believe it's taken this long, but I've finally been reduced to recording by myself. As you've just heard, my attempt to call Asia on Skype was unsuccessful. I can only think that she was asleep, um, and I would like to officially damn the very damnable three-hour time difference between Los Angeles and Indiana. I, Seth Pearson, am alone for this episode of By That I Mean, and I'm doing this episode, which will be shorter than most of them, alone, because I'd like to talk about the gays. There's been a lot of good news for the gays recently. It turns out President Obama is gay, if you believe news magazine covers. Well, no, he's not He's not gay, but he is the president, um, and he does think that gay American couples should be able to marry if the states allow, and only on alternating Tuesdays, and, you know, you could split the hairs forever, but it was more emotional finding out about that than finding out about Don't Ask, Don't Tell, for instance, um, and it's not the end of the struggle to achieve basic equality for all Americans. And the LGBT struggle isn't obviously the only one left to work on. But this was a huge step. The president, when I was born, wouldn't even say the word gay. And in fact, President Ronald Reagan stood silent as an entire generation of people who would have been my inspiration and my role models growing up uh, died from AIDS before Ronald Reagan even mentioned its existence. Um, and even then, it was called gay. It was like GRD, gay-related syndrome, or some insane canard like that. Um, and now I have a president who not only affirmed the basic equality that the Constitution is supposed to guarantee... Um, but who has already taken so much action to make that a reality. Um, he announced via the Justice Department that the federal government would no longer defend the Defense of Marriage Act, and he rolled back, again, don't ask, don't tell, but did it with the full guidance of the military and the full buy-in of Congress to actually write a law canceling out the previous shitty law. Thanks, Bill Clinton. So it's really difficult for me to understate how optimistic I am about the overall trajectory of LGBT rights in America, even if a lot of the states and a lot of the countries still oppose it. 
President Obama was forced to make his announcement in support of marriage equality after Joe Biden slipped and, in Obama's words, got a little over his skis on Meet the Press. And speaking out really strongly in favor of civil marriage rights for gays and lesbians. The day before, North Carolina passed Amendment 1 banning gay marriage in North Carolina. From the Huffington Post, North Carolina approved a constitutional amendment defining marriage solely as a union between a man and a woman, becoming the latest state to effectively slam the door shut on same-sex marriages. North Carolina was the 30th state to adopt such a ban. I believe that means now that all of the former Confederate states have constitutional bans on same-sex marriage. And from the article, North Carolina law already bans gay marriage, but the amendment effectively seals the door on same-sex marriages until they can pass another amendment sometime in the future. And I'm presuming the process is infinitely more difficult than just passing a law. Um, The amendment also goes beyond state law by voiding other types of domestic unions from carrying legal status, which opponents warn could disrupt protection orders for unmarried couples. So whether or not it was just Vice President Biden's uh, little flub or this 30th marriage equality constitutional ban on the state level that pushed President Obama to announce his personal opinion, I'm glad that he finally made it known. And of course, the entire corporate right wing and the Tea Party have all come out with their required condemnation of this as President Obama trying to destroy traditional marriage. Fox News even had a headline pretty much saying exactly that verbatim and it disappeared from their website in a flash the night after. Recently, a North Carolina pastor took the baton from Amendment 1 and just ran straight on until Godwin, and he called for the death of gays and lesbians by trapping them inside an electric fence. This is from the New York Daily News, nydailynews.com. A North Carolina pastor is calling for the extermination of all gays and lesbians by locking them off behind an electrified fence and waiting for them to die. Charles Worley of Providence Road Baptist Church in Maiden, North Carolina, made the suggestion during a May 13th sermon, according to a video posted Monday on YouTube. Our president getting up and saying that it was all right for two women to marry or two men to marry. I tell you right now, I was disappointed bad, uh, but I tell you right there, as sorry as you can get, the Bible's again it, God's again it, I'm again it, and if you've got any sense, you're again it. You're again it. <laughs> I had a way, I figured a way out, a way to get rid of all the lesbians. Wow. But I couldn't get it past the Congress. Build a great, big, large fence, hundred. 50 or 100 mile long, put all the lesbians in there. Fly over and drop some food. Well, at least they drop food. Do the same thing with the queers and the homosexuals. Mm-hmm. And have that fence electrified till they can't get out. Feed them. And, and you know what? In a few years, they'll die out. What? Do you know why they can't reproduce? 
Has this man never heard of turkey basters? If a man ever has a young'un, praise God, he'll be the first. And all of these. Youngs this well day, man, I'm going to preach the hell out of all of us. Hey, hey. I, I tell you right now, somebody said, who are you going to vote for? I ain't going to vote for a baby killer and a homosexual lover. You said, did you mean to say that? You better believe I did. Yeah, he really wants a homosexual lover, you guys. Not a baby killer. God have mercy. It makes me puking sick to oh. think about. I don't even know whether you ought to say this in the public oh, no. or not. <laughs> Could you imagine kissing some man? <laughs> yeah, it's fun. Do you think about it? My God, I love you, fella. Oh... I think he gives it all away at the end there. Mm. See, I can only remember a couple times where my pastor growing up would inveigh against the gay agenda and the scourge of AIDS, which of course was a punishment for the sin of homosexuality. I guess I just share it to show the contrast between where the two poles of our debate lie. On one end is the denial that I am human, and on the other end, at the most left end, is the idea that I'm equal under the law, but that it would be okay if the states continued to put sexual and gender minority rights up to a popular vote. But while I appreciate the president's sentiments, the only thing that will actually move into law the idea that I'm an actual full American citizen deserving of civil marriage rights that are recognized across the country will be when DOMA is repealed, the Defense of Marriage Act. Senator Dianne Feinstein from California has proposed the Respect for Marriage Act, which would actually legislatively undo DOMA. So if you like that idea... Um, you should write to her and support it and write to your Congress critter and ask them to support it as well. But this decision by President Obama to endorse marriage equality isn't some kind of far out hill that he's staked out as far as, as far as where his opinion lies on the kind of broad spectrum of opinions about marriage equality in America. Polling of who supports and opposes it has changed wildly over the last decade. Now look, I'm not saying all North Carolina pastors uh, want to build a ding-dang fence and set the gaze on top of it. But at the same time, religion is a big part of and a big contributor to the laws and the changes of laws that are restricting the rights of not only gays and lesbians, but also women and minorities that are going forward right now. In Mississippi, in Kentucky, in Wisconsin, in Missouri, governors and Republican legislatures are passing laws effectively banning birth control, effectively banning abortion services, banning basic family planning help for women. And they win and those bills get passed because Republicans are able to campaign on fear-mongering based partly in religion-based partly on just a patriarchal view of what women's place should be. I'm pretty disturbed that rather than blaming churches that raise millions of dollars to help get abstinence-only education funded to 
limit women's access to basic birth control, to discriminate against gays and lesbians. I'm disturbed that we don't talk about them and that we instead allow uh, scapegoats, like, for instance, in the African-American community, to take the heat for discriminatory measures that get passed. That narrative that it's only religious black conservatives and religious African-Americans who are opposed to marriage equality and who were voting for these discriminatory laws has kind of been blown apart. Um, Not only has President Obama come out in support of marriage equality, but on Saturday, and this is from TheRoot.com, the NAACP endorsed marriage equality in a vote by the 64-member body laying out the organization's guiding principles of political, educational, social, and economic equality for all people and challenging discrimination under the law, chairman of the NAACP Board of Directors Rosalind Brock said that their support for the right of same-sex couples to marry is about equal treatment in the eyes of the government. She says, The NAACP did not issue its support of marriage equality from a personal, moral, or, or religious perspective. We deeply respect differences of personal conscience on the religious definition of marriage, and we strongly affirm the religious freedom of all as protected by the First Amendment. As the nation's leading and oldest civil rights organization, it is not our role nor our intent to impress how any place of worship can act in its own house. This history and commitment to separation of church and state continues as we stand for equality, marriage equality under the law. She speaks for it much better than I possibly could. There are state-level signs of this seismic shift in the attitude of Americans overall um, beyond just the statistical national majority of American citizens who now support same-sex marriage and marriage equality. It actually looks like Maryland will be another one of these first states to actually pass marriage equality into law. And from publicpolicypolling.com, the referendum to keep the state's new law legalizing same-sex marriage now appears likely to pass by a healthy margin. And here are some key findings. 57% of Maryland voters say they're likely to vote for the new marriage law this fall, compared to only 37% who are opposed. That 20-point margin of passage represents a 12-point shift from an identical PPP survey in early March, which found it ahead by a closer 52 to 44 margin. And here's the the key point. The movement over the last two months can be explained almost entirely by a major shift in opinion about same-sex marriage among black voters. Previously, 56% said they would vote against this new law, with only 39% planning to uphold it. Those numbers have now almost completely flipped, with 55% of African Americans planning to vote for the law, and only 36% now opposed. This big shift in attitude towards same-sex marriage among black voters in Maryland is reflective of what's happening nationally right now. A new ABC Washington Post poll finds 59% of African Americans across the country supportive of same-sex marriage. I just hope this will be the end of the bullshit scapegoating of black America for a legislated discrimination that should rightfully be blamed on the Mormon Church, oh hey Prop 8, um, the Catholic Church, oh hey attacks on Planned Parenthood, and the Republican Party. 
There's now been proof that this was an intentional strategy of divide and conquer to pit the black community against the LGBT community in many states across the country. Um, this is from Pam's House Blend, uh, which is at pamshouseblend.firedoglake.com. Court documents prove NOM's plan to divide black gay communities. The National Organization for Marriage's unsuccessful fight to skirt Maine's financial disclosure laws just backfired majorly on the group by revealing a distasteful part of its game plan to stop marriage equality. According to a court document that was uploaded online, NOM specifically worked to drive a wedge between the black and gay community on the subject of marriage equality. According to page 11 of this document, called Marriage, the $20 million strategy for victory, the strategic goal of this project is to drive a wedge between gays and blacks, two key democratic constituencies. We aim to find, equip, energize, and connect African-American spokespeople for marriage, to develop a media campaign around their objections to gay marriage as a civil right, and to provoke the gay marriage base into responding by denouncing these spokesmen and women as big no politician wants to take up and push an issue that splits the base of the party. And Alvin McEwen, the author of this article, points out the impact. Uh, one doesn't have to spell out how this benefits Noam's efforts. The two sides attack each other with extreme anger, causing magazine articles to be written about the division, news programs to focus on the division, and venomous chats to occur on places like Facebook and Twitter. Some heterosexual African Americans will let loose with homophobia against the gay community, and some white LGBTQs will express racist comments about the black community. Both Communities will be at each other's throats. There will be no intelligent conversations on the matter, and neither community will benefit an iota. And Nam will sit back and reap the benefits of causing this chaos. Nam, of course, was the biggest pusher of Amendment 1 in North Carolina. We have to question our initial motives and our own biases talking about the intersection of civil rights struggles because they're not all exactly the same that's the point but it's also important to mark i think how quickly lgbt rights are coming to fruition in america it is just surprising in a good way in a way that dispels just one tiny fleck of my cynicism and bitterness about this species and about this country that so many of us are changing minds and hearts so quickly, but we're just doing it by being ourselves and refusing to live in the closet and refusing to consider ourselves separate from the country that we were born in, but rather do the same opportunities and responsibilities as every other wretched citizen of this country. And there's so many other things so fucked up about America and about the world and about humanity that since Asia apparently was unwilling to be a part of it, I wanted to take some time on a subject that was close to me. And I also wanted to talk about it because so many of the issues that I discuss might seem hopeless sometimes, but what we're really reading about is the tiny failures and setbacks of this moment. And it is just this moment. The news cycle is so pervasive. There have been 
30 micro scandals and crazy twists and turns in the presidential elections. And Mitt Romney has said 34 gigantic lies in the last 12 hours. But every once in a while, it's important to step back and breathe and assess and realize that a ton of progress has been made. And of course, I'll have more to say in future episodes about where the basis of this opposition and denial of the basic humanity of LGBT Americans comes from. But I wanted to celebrate, if only for a moment, that the truth is winning out. So this has been a strangely optimistic solo flight of By That I Mean. I'm Seth Pearson. I don't know why you would have enjoyed this, but if you did... You can be a fan of this show at facebook.com slash by that I mean. You can tweet me at MFPSeth. You can look at my pictures and pretty much nothing else right now at the MFP.org. And I'm going to conclude this episode with a bit that I saved from the last episode of By That I Mean that I recorded with my usual co-host, Asia Coleman. And it took place when I had to take a pee break. So thank you for listening. And here it is. Uh, what happened when I took a pee break? <laughs> I have to pee. Let's take a pause. I'm going to take a pee, take a pause, grab a water. I should not grab a water. I sound like a man. <laughs> <laughs> well, take off your man pants and put on your Asia bib. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> I'll be right back. Yeah, okay, yeah, go pee. <laughs> Maybe I should make a sandwich. Maybe I should make a motherfucking sandwich. <laughs> I just realized that I'm still being recorded. Um, because we don't actually pause when he calls me for Skype. I'm not talking to anybody. Um, it's going to be cut out. <laughs> so, I, I want a sandwich is what I was trying to say. This is not going to be happy when he hears this. This is why I don't have my own podcast where I just talk, because it would be very random and I would just talk about sandwiches. This is the longest urination break ever. Okay, Seth, as I know you'll listen to this later, I have a plan. We're going to start a by that I mean drinking game where, like, we'll listen to the podcast together, and every time one of us like, we'll take a drink, and we'll record us doing this. I don't really, I don't really, I don't really hammered out the kinks yet. However, I think I just made a winner. What I did. You'll have to let me know what you think about it when you hear this eventually. What are these noises? Seriously, these are the most sexually charged... I'm convinced of taking a masturbation break. I'm convinced. Hey. Hey. What's up? How was that break for you? No, I was going to make... Sorry, I, I made coffee for myself. Okay, I was like, this is like the most sexually charged sounding water break I've ever heard in my life. Ooh. Is that it's sexually a, charged? Is that a, like, like, lube... Like, low, like you were, it just did not sound, you don't hear it, it just didn't sound right. 
It didn't sound right at all. Maybe it sounded just right. I don't know. I left you some little nuggets when you took your break. You left me some little nuggets? Yeah, I did. (laughs) (laughs) I don't even know what to think about that. A shout on your Skype is what I'm saying. You'll hear. When we're done with this conversation and I reel in the gigantic invisible telephone line that connects us, I will find your poo on it. Yes. Oh, what's that? It's excrement on the line. Oh, tell it I'm not available. (laughs) 